on this episode of Quantum Week, February 17th through 23rd, 1985. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about uh, movies and music and headlines and our stories. We are continuing through February 1985. Our second show of three this week to talk about Beverly Hills Cop and Don't You by Simple Minds. Yes. Got live show tickets on sale. Oh, yeah. Quantum-week.com. Oh, my God. I know. Just right out out of the gate. Uh, Yes, they are. They are on sale. You can buy them. And we're going to see what movie we're... Yep. Go ahead and announce it. Fargo. We're going to do Fargo. I was not satisfied with the other two options as much as I like those movies and think they're fun to Which talk about. Which were Reservoir Dogs and Shawshank Redemption. Right. I just felt like it didn't have, it needs to have a little more, I felt like it needed to have drama and humor together. Okay. And I think Fargo's got a little bit more of that. Don't Far- you? Yeah. Fargo made a little less money than I thought it did actually in the box office. So we, it would have been a movie we would we would have had a hard time hitting as well. I think it only yeah. did the top 10 four times. I don't think it ever finished above six. But yeah, I feel it's a movie that got a big cable run. So people have yep. seen it. People are aware of it. Uh, and I think it's just between the cast being quite large. The other thing that we yeah. wanted to have a cast that was pretty large to talk about. And then ideally, you know, a great filmmaker or filmmakers that have been very relevant in, in our lives. And the Coen brothers certainly are that. So, um, yeah, Fargo uh, is the movie. And we'll announce the song at a later date. We don't really have that locked down anyway. So. No, we don't. Um, is that all we want to say? About the- oh, I think yes. that's it. So Quantum, Quantum Dash Week. Yeah, right in the header, you'll see a link to the uh, to the the live show, the Eventbrite, where you can you can purchase a ticket, and also, I mean, in our bio on Twitter and yes. actually on Twitter, you can you can get the link tree there. It, it links to it as well, so pretty easy to find it. And if you have troubles, let us know. Yes, and then um, where we're we going next week? Are you yeah. excited for this? Oh, I am. Okay, <laughs> Matt's in a weird mood today. Am I? Yeah, I think so. You think I am? Yeah, a little a little, a little chippy. Oh, good. Strap in, bucko. Okay. All right. Uh, go to nineteen ninety one. Okay. What do we got? The Patreon movie is going to be Dead Again. That's the Kenneth Branagh. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it was. Um, it was number one that week, uh, which is not a box office. I think we've Robin Williams is a small part in that movie. Um, Dead Again. Yeah, it was not a huge hit though. Have was, you seen it? Yes. Um, I saw it about ten years after it came out. I had no idea what it was. I rented it. Like a blockbuster or something, and I'm like, oh, um, but I'll, yeah, Breno, so same, I'll say my opinions on it. Obviously, when we cover it, sure, that's the Patreon show next week. Um, but the movie Terminator Two. Oh, there we go. <laughs> right, the big one. So Judgment we did, Day. We, we did Terminator One. Uh, people were looking to kind of catch up. Uh, what about a year ago? Oh, maybe yeah, it could be maybe longer. It's a while know. ago. Yeah, a while ago. Um, it was on a regular episode though. It wasn't on a video episode. No, right. no, 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 Okay, no. yeah, yeah, that's right. Definitely, definitely, regular, definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, definitely not a Patreon one. It was a regular one, but it was it was a while back. Um, uh, yeah, it was. I think it might have been the first camera one we did. Since then, we've done Titanic and the Abyss. And the Abyss. This the attorney was was first when we did. So, uh, as the rules of our show, we can cover a sequel as long as we've covered the one before that. So we obviously did Terminator one. So now we can do T two. Um, so that'd be a pretty big show. Yeah, that'll be week. fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a huge movie too. Huge, huge movie. And the Patreon. Um, show uh tomorrow is the mead season with with kurt russell matt and i were just talking i've not only have i not seen this movie i don't even know what it's about i have no idea either. i'm going in completely blind which i'm actually kind of excited about it's only happened like twice in this show i think me too um it almost never happens like presumed innocent was one of those times where i like i just had never seen that movie 
uh, and had no real idea what it was about. And then this is the case here. Um, yeah, it's exciting to see something that is not a rewatch. And not only, but like, just have no clue like about. Like, I just have no idea what, like, I'll just press play and sit down and it's all a mystery. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for that one. Um, but yeah, the great Ned Snark, of course, is, um, this is his week. Yep. Um, and he chose his number one movie. He really wanted to build a week around um, Amadeus. But then his second choice uh, was Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Um, that, and that makes sense. Right. Because yeah. we, we actually, Amadeus was in the top 10 quite a bit. <laughs> like an insane amount of times. That's surprising, actually, because it's a more artistic film. It is and it isn't. It made a lot of money, but it also what happened was it had one run, right? Yeah. And then it dropped off. And then the Oscars came. Oh, right. And then it had this whole second life. Of course, that makes sense. Um, you see that a lot more back then where Oscars actually could propel you, but this this was propelled even beyond a typical yeah. 80s Oscar year. So it actually had almost like two box office runs. So because of that, I had this wildly long stretch. So Ned had like 20 weeks to choose from. It was crazy. Uh, and then we whittled it down. But uh, in like seven or eight of those weeks, there was one movie that was number one, and that was Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, it was a, a huge moneymaker. Not only uh, huge, it was him. the biggest moneymaker of 1984. Was it really? Yes. I didn't and know we're that. we're 1985 now, which shows you that it still was in the top 10. Yeah. Which well, shows February. you how insane, uh, even I believe up to this date, if you do for inflation, it's the third biggest uh, hit R-rated hit ever. Like if you just for inflation, that is that's surprising. Yeah, actually, like Godfather is in there. I forget the other one. I'm sorry. Um, yes, wild. Like Beverly's Cop was a huge, giant, massive hit. Yep, uh, I actually saw this in the theater, and oh my none God. of my I know none of my friends believe me. My dad was kind of that way. It was it didn't yeah. care about uh, showing me showing us uh, irreverent stuff. My sister was with us too, and she's even younger by a year and a half. Wow! So we saw this in the theater, and no one believed me. I go I go to school yeah. the next day. I'm in like second grade, and and I'm like, oh yeah, what'd you do this weekend? I went and saw Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. No, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I'm not lying about this thing. What's the plot of Beverly Hills Cop? You know that sort of thing. Yeah, kind of talked to him about it, but uh, they they still didn't believe me. But yeah, I saw it in the theater as a very young boy and uh it doesn't hold up oh no oh we're, we're, we're disagree on this one my friend i think it's okay it's not bad i would say like b minus i'll recommend it oh. but but i think it's really got some problems unfortunately and it's you know what what bothers me too is coming to america was better i like eddie murphy in coming to america he's so much more charming better than i liked him here um i like that movie better like considerably better. Okay, so first thing is, so I saw, so okay, so I'm younger than that. Okay, so this when this came out, I was uh, five. I yeah, guess. yeah. Um, and I also went and saw movies at the theater at a very young age. Like I saw Die Hard and stuff, but because I'm younger than that, this was like two, like I, my for whatever reason, just never. Well, you wouldn't have five. I, even I know guess. If, yeah, well, so that's guess, pretty young. Yeah. I, so I, I, in fact, I didn't. I saw, this was on HBO a lot when Matt and I were kids. Yes. But I must have saw it when I was say seven. Okay. okay. It was on HBO or whatever, six or seven. And I didn't really like it. Like, I think the genre, um, the, you know, how it's action, but also comedy, sure. kind of flips back and forth. For some reason, it just didn't click with me. And because of that, I always had kind of a negative connotation, even up until last week for this movie. I'm like, really? eh, it's okay. Um, so, um, and this kind of happened with Coming to America to some extent too, where I saw it when I was, when it came out and I was like, eh, it's okay. And it's not, never really thought about it or never really thought of it favorably again. Yeah. And we saw Coming to America for the show, and we both loved it. Yeah, it held up, completely held up. Yeah, it was super really funny and charming. Fantastic. He's great. It, yes, the All cast the is great. All the justified. Yes. They're making small. It's, it's, never, it's never too much. No. Um, they, they have a lot of confidence in the comedy. It's just a, it's a brilliant movie. It is. This is brilliant as well. Uh, I, I was like, oh my God. I think I've, mi I think I've missed out. I love Eddie Murphy and SNL, and I watched all that stuff growing up. I'm a big SNL nerd. Um, but for some reason, and the good news is we, I think we're going to cover 
we're scheduled to cover both trading places and 48 hours in the next three or four months um, because of some Patreon picks. And I have the same feelings about those two as I do about the former two really? we talked about. So I think I'm in for this like or a Murphy Renaissance. I hope so. Oh, well, I, so I had the, rever- the ver- reverse, the reverse situation. Yes. Yeah. Where I really liked it as a kid. And I think I did see it quite a bit on HBO growing up and it, it made me laugh. Um, but this time it, it, it was, it, I felt like they didn't do action well enough. They didn't do oh, comedy well enough. No, wrong. They did both amazing. Yeah. That opening car chase is one of the best car chases I've ever seen. I think it's pretty good. It's that actually, amazing. Okay, so what I do like is you got Eddie Mur- the stunt double like flopping around outside right. the, which which I think is, that that's pretty cool. When I saw that, I'm like, holy shit, that guy is it's bouncing flying. around the outside of that truck. You got, you have- That was pretty cool. You have this giant truck going down the suburban streets. Yes, nailing it's cars, great. the guy smiling, guy, truck driver smiling. I'm gonna say right now, that's right up there with the stuff in the town. It's my favorite car chases ever. Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it right there. I loved it. And then it goes into a great, uh, a really interesting scene at the police precinct where Eddie Murphy actually has to be dramatic. And he has, to, he has to be dramatic a few different times in this movie. He does. And you got Paul Reiser in this like kind of a thankless role, but he's great. He pops in for like three minutes. He's super fun. In and out. They have a really great back and forth because you figure they both were standups. Yeah. Now, uh, Eddie Murphy, when this comes out, by the way, he's only what, 23 years old. Oh, he's a kid. Fucking insane. So Riser obviously was was older, but you figure they must have worked some clubs together. Or they seemed to, if they didn't, they they had, they, they had a com- camaraderie that was really great to sure. watch. Yep. Um. And uh, and then obviously the movie then then goes to L.A. But uh, I really bought the dramatic stuff. I bought the action. I believed Eddie Murphy was an action star, even though he's a scrawny guy who's twenty three years old. I believed he was like this thirty year old hard boiled cop. Which yeah. I, you know, is kind of what he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um. I thought I, that worked. I bought it. I, I think the comedy was hysterical. Sometimes it came out of nowhere, which is great. I love how the movie would constantly change tones. I'm a big fan of changing tones. We've talked about it in the show. Uh, and the supporting cast was very good. Uh, at times, great. The Bronson Pinchot stuff was oh, amazing. That, actually, I think that's quite funny. Yeah, and he's never, very I know good. they use him a lot in the sequels, um, but in- But in, in here, no, in not here, as much. Just, it actually, it leaves you wanting more. It does. Which is perfect. Yeah. Um, and uh, a good bad guy, not a great bad guy, but a good bad guy. Um, I, I hit all the marks. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this an A minus. I think. Wow. I really love this See, movie. After seeing Lethal Weapon, I just don't think it, it quite compares. I don't think so at all. Absolutely. I think Lethal, no, because you don't care about the characters as much. You care about Mel Gibson you, and Danny Glover as much. You don't care about much. Eddie Murphy's no, I do. Boy? What the I, fuck? I do, but he doesn't have any other relationships that I really care about. I guess maybe the uh, maybe Taggart and and uh, who's the judge? Judd, uh, judge Reinhold. Yeah. Reinhold's yeah. character. Oh, but there, but it. I don't think that holds. I I wonder if that gets better in the second. Actually, their we'll relationship get gets there, better. But, yeah. but for this movie alone, though, I, not, it didn't. Oh, I didn't buy it as much. I felt because I remembered a much warmer uh, relationship between those two, and and that I, that kind of propelled it a little bit more for me. Yeah, that, that was definitely the like you know it was just the two of those guys you know Taggart and the uh, Judge Reinhold character. Uh, yeah, you know, it was never. Yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't. As- and some of the gags just didn't hold up quite as well. I mean, the banana and the tailpipe thing was kind of fun, but not not as not as much. It it, it didn't move it's as funny. fast. It's, it's funny not because bad. you have two things going on. You have the banana, but you also have the waiters giving you do the have food. That, so you yeah. have, it's more than just the banana and tail. You have a That's lot true. of stuff going on. It's true. Um, I, I think this movie is great. I think Eddie Murphy is just. I mean, he's. It's electric. I mean, it is a. It is an amazing I think he's better. Performance. I, I think he's better in Trading Places. I really well, do. We haven't gotten there yet. And- Not Trading Places. I'm sorry. And uh, Coming to America. I apologize. Oh, I think he's just better. Way, way better um- there. Because okay, if you think about the stuff that Mel Gibson did in Lethal Weapon, right? Eddie Murphy's not as good. 
But it's a different movie. It's a different role. Yeah. Maybe if we're talking Lethal Weapon 3 when it's more of a comedy, then yeah, I guess it's a comp. Well, but all right. So Lethal maybe, Weapon 1 is a drama. Okay, so Lethal Weapon... More. Yeah. More than it is a comedy. This it, is a comedy. More I think it has a drama. All right. So yes, by degree. Yes, but it's still an I, action comedy. They're both kind of action comedies. Though. No, I say one's an action drama. I don't... I don't know that I would classify Lethal Weapon that. Oh, because I certainly, there's Lethal more, Weapon 1, I would. Yes, Lethal Weapon 1. He's pretty, he wants to kill, kill yes, absolutely. Yeah, no but there's question. a bunch of comedic moments there, too. You still there's think it's some. more heavily drama? Oh, yeah, Lethal Weapon 1. I have different feelings, but this, this, as the series progresses, mm. it becomes more- it becomes I don't know that I would have uh, classified, because I, I still see, I also see uh, Lethal Weapon and, um, and uh, what's the Bruce Die, Willis? Die, uh, Die Hard, it kind of in well, the Die same. Well, Die Hard's funnier than Lethal Weapon is, though. I agree. All these movies have are more comedic. Still than a bit, the, uh, you don't see the trend here. Everything's more comedic than Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon it's still by degree. There's still comedy. There's still a lot of comedy in Lethal Weapon. Some comedy. There yeah. is. I there mean, is the family, the family stuff. And well, okay. So there, there's more comedy in this one, and yes. there is right by by degree. But there's still drama in uh, in whatever movie we're fucking covering now. I don't know. Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. There's still drama in Beverly Hills Cop. There's some drama for sure. There is. Um, there is. And, but Eddie Murphy does a great job flipping that switch. And just like Mel Gibson does a great job. He, although I, I honestly, well, I, okay, I'll say this. I think Eddie Murphy does drama a tiny bit better than Mel Gibson does comedy, especially in the 80s. As, the, as he does like Maverick and he gets a little bit, he does four with the movies, yeah, he gets yeah. funnier. Yeah. But here he's not quite, I mean, in fairness to him, he's done like Mad Max, which right, is like yeah. incredibly pitch serious pitch black serious exactly um no i think i, I, I don't know this movie's great man I, I i'm i'm shocked i thought you come in here like rave about it i think it was Especially fine i think it was pretty good it just it didn't make me laugh as much as i'd remembered it wasn't as i didn't like the relationships as much i actually thought like i didn't like axel foley as much as i remembered oh, liking on. either how you don't like him yeah. hey, you know, what do you, don't you like about him because he's just like he's doing things that don't make sense he's on a sting by himself and it's just it doesn't I, who else are you gonna ask he's a fucking out river hills by himself no 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 the beginning in the cigarette truck like that's that's he's just doing that kind of on his own yeah he's, and he's getting away with shit that he shouldn't get away with what he gets yelled at that guy's gonna fire him like any second not really i mean yes there is some pushback but he does it anyway like he does he just doesn't give a shit and he does doesn't he does give his a shit, thing you're right right but that's yeah. his that that's consistent to his character though I know. I didn't, I didn't like him as much as I, I was hoping I would. It wasn't bad. I liked Lethal Weapon better. That's, it was better. I, I disagree with that. And I also, so the coming to America comp you keep throwing here, I don't know if that's a, I don't think it's, I, obviously they both have Eddie Murphy. Uh, you say you like Eddie Murphy and coming like to America Eddie, more. Yes. Hey, it's like, all right, well, which Ted Williams season do you like better? Like 1940, you know, 1948 or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like two great seasons. It's like, oh, all right. Well, then, like, I mean, we'll see what happens with Eddie Murphy, Murphy and his comedic roles going forward with trading, uh, trading places when we see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're kind of going backwards, but. Right. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, our uh, show as, on our forward. show, right, going forward. Right, but I mean, it's just like, it's like that's a tough comp because you're talking about like, well, he was great here, but he's also great here. It's like, yeah, I don't think right, he well. was as good. I don't think he was as good in this. I don't think he is as great in, in this movie. I don't think it worked quite as much or he worked quite as much in this one as he did in trading. In tra- uh, not in training play. What the fuck? In coming, uh, to- coming to America. Um, I do think so. You said you like coming to America better than this. I do. I'm pretty torn. I think that was also great. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm gonna have to really look at it. I, I guess I, I have to decide now for the show. I guess I would choose. Um, I guess I would choose coming to America by uh, by by a, a a very small amount, I guess. But they, I mean, they're they are both fantastic movies that I really underrated my entire life. Yeah. Until until uh, the show. Well, maybe that, but that's probably a, a part of it is expectations going in. I had higher expectations than uh, on this movie for this movie. Yeah, both. Yeah, both. Both of those. You're right. Yeah, I'm sure there is some of that too. I was like pleasantly surprised. Yeah. But like, even honestly though, like 
the, the first like 10 minutes in, I'm like, holy shit, I, I was all in. Like I like the second that car chase, you know, the, the yeah, interaction the, with the cigarette truck and then right. you got neutron dance blaring. Yes. And it, it, <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I'm in. Like I am all in for this ride. This is ridiculous. fucking fantastic. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you're younger, you know, if you're, I guess, you know, my age or younger, maybe you didn't see this. I, I'm sure a lot of people have. I know it's very, you know, uh, part of it was just because I think I just saw it too young. Um, but uh, I definitely recommend checking this out. I'm going to heavily recommend it. It sounds like Matt's going to give a thumbs up. No, yeah, I'll definitely give a thumbs up. Yeah, B minus. B minus B, something like that. Definitely thumbs up. You should see it. I'm disappointed. Um, I'm sorry. The guy who plays Taggart, John, was it John Axcroft? Yes. Um, in this movie, at this age, because he's still alive, by the way, uh, he looks like my neighbor. Oh, does he? You want to know what my neighbor looks like? It looks just like... <laughs> Your current, Taggart. your current neighbor? My current neighbor, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it wasn't it's, it's that cool, but it's something, it's something. I like Taggart. I have a warm place in my heart yeah, for Taggart. Yeah, I think he's a good character. It's funny to see Ronnie Cox. Um, I, you know, we've seen Ronnie Cox in so many things, RoboCop and so many things. Yeah, sure. He's always ended up kind of being the bad guy. Yeah. I think because he's such an intelligent actor that it always says he's something almost like an extra layer to him because he's such a smart guy. So it was funny to watch a movie where he doesn't become a dick at the end or yeah. become like an evil character at the end. You're like, you keep waiting for him to turn. Because we've just been Ronnie Coxed our entire life. <laughs> yes, uh, but it did. But he he doesn't. He, he stays a good guy here, like uh, Jonathan Banks, of course. Always another great. He's oh always my, good. He's oh always good. Yeah, I mean, he's always uh, good. No, obviously, Mike Ehrman. I love the scene when uh, Axel Foley confronts them at the restaurant and Foley throws him into a into the into, into, into the buffet table. Yes. He's got like yeah. food in his face and hair, and he doesn't take it out. He just stares, just stands there staring that at him. That same like so Mike Ermintrout's you know, <laughs> yes. stare. This brings you to a story, totally unrelated yeah. in, a, in a sense. So we just covered the secret uh, of my success, Michael yep. J. Fox. We did that on the Patreon show last week. Um, but the elevator repairman was Mark Margulies. That's right. Who plays, who's on, who's uh, the uncle, uh, you know, Tio from um, uh, Breaking Bad. He, That's right, He rings too. the bell. Yep. And um, I tell this story before. Like, so I'm walking around New York City and I'm um, in the financial district. And Don't tell me you had another run in with a famous guy who <laughs> fought with. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking around the financial district and uh, this guy walks by me and I get this vibe like, oh, this is a bad person. Like I immediately, I get like this, like the chills up my spine. Like, yeah. No, you're spine. Like, you know, you like walk down, like you go down like the wrong alley and you're yeah, like, ah, yeah. I shouldn't be here. Something's not right here. I got that vibe, but it's like daylight. It's in like Wall Street area, which is where I was working. Like it couldn't have been a state. There's like 10,000 cops to, you know. So like, I didn't feel, but I just felt like the willies. And I'm like, that didn't feel right. And I, and I walked, you know, say, you know, 10 minutes. I was coming back from lunch. And I walked back to my office. I go, I go what is that? I couldn't get this guy's like face out of my, my brain. And I realized when I got back to my office, I'm like, oh my God, it was him. But I'm so used to him being a bad guy. <laughs> yes. But he had like, he was, in a, he did a big smile on his face. And he was, because he was walking it totally like, because, Obviously, the character's in a wheelchair and Breaking Bad. So I wasn't used to him walking. So it really threw me. I just, I, I just, but, in, but I'm like, this poor guy, everyone who encounters him is thinking Thinks he's, he's evil. He's yeah. evil. You're pro it's probably 20% of the population gets the same reaction that you got. What a great actor, though. I know. He's, like, he's what good. a credit to him. Yes. Um, but yeah, I saw Mark Margo, who's randomly in New York City, and I got totally creeped out by him. Um, but uh, Elbacher, too. I'm a big fan of hers. I thought she did a good job in this movie, and she's a very pretty woman. I, what happened to her? Why did she have a it's better career? It's weird that she, she didn't. I don't know, because she's a good actor. She's a good actor. And she's she's really pretty, pretty. Yeah. Especially for like that time when like it was yeah, like uh, women had kind of weird, some of these weird uh, guys did too, but everyone had kind of weird styles back then. Yeah, we big hair, big clothes. Secret of My Success was, a, was like the, uh, the low bizarre. Of, yeah. Uh, fashion maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, but she goes great here. She does. I'm like, and I, when I, after the movie's over, I'm like, what? Why didn't, why didn't she have a better career? I don't know. I don't know but what happened. But she had to be in this movie. You're in the biggest movie. That's actually a good point. This should have propelled her. Yeah. Because she, she was in a lot of the scenes too. She was there for a while. 
She's the female lead. I know it's not yeah. a romantic interest, and, and I'm sure we know why. Actually, oh, because because race. the race. Yeah, I mean they're not going to have. Uh, I mean, which is you know, any that actually other time, sours it a little bit because I, I liked that that there were there was there were a male and a female friends that, me too. that didn't ha- it didn't have to de- you know devolve into sexuality. I and I also like that there was like a movie that didn't have to have romance be an element of it. A lot right. of times they'll they'll, for- they'll force that in when it doesn't belong. In fact, they did in the credit to *Good Weapon*. They didn't do that there either. It's true. Um, so the two movies that both both didn't feel the need to kind of shoehorn that in. Die Hard, it happens with him and his ex-wife, but it feels natural. Yeah, I mean um, they're they're having conflict and right, it drives the whole plot. It does. Um, so, but with, it would have felt weird if all of a sudden making out with yeah, I would not have yeah. with Jenny Summers. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so I think I think she did a great job. And and yeah, what happened to her? I don't know. I, I looked up too, but it looks like she just had like a middle increase. She did some she TV did. work. Yep. And then it just, it just didn't work out. You wonder, like we always say in the show, if you do like the simulation, like my baseball simulator 10 times after doing this movie, I bet she's a big star seven out of those 10 times. You're probably right. She's young here too. I think she's maybe 27, 28 years old. Yeah, bad, so it's like- You always were like bad agent. Maybe. Could Difficult be. Difficult to work with maybe because she doesn't, she's not in the sequels. We, you know, I don't, we just don't know. Could um, be. But there has to be, I'm almost like, every time I see that happen, pretty woman, talented. Yeah in a major movie vanishes. It's like, what the fuck it's happened? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I wish uh, I looked into it more before we uh, talked about it. I did I look tried. briefly. I did look I looked briefly. It. Yeah, she didn't do um, much. Martin Bress directed this. Um, yeah. Uh, Fast Times is where we first encountered him. Well, he's an actor there. I thought he was, I thought he directed. No, he didn't direct no, no, that. Amy Heckler. Amy Heckler, yeah. Um, so, he, so, no, this is his first movie he directed, I believe. Uh, and then he, um, uh, he has an odd career. Of course, gets nominated for an Oscar for, um, Hooah! Uh, the of a woman. Yes. And, um, but then, of course, it all falls apart with another Alpacino movie in 2003, I, Julie. Uh, of course, Chino's he, in that too? Yeah. I never saw it. Never, never, never saw it. I haven't it. either. Um, and then he never directs again. But, but the thing is, though, you're like, all right, well, all right, he was old man. He, he, no, he wasn't. He was in his 50s for Julie. He was only in his 30s with this. Yep. I want to say he was like 32. And I don't know how spies know, like what? us did. Uh, but he directed that as well, and I have very warm feelings from my childhood of that movie. I'm shocked we haven't. Co- I'm gonna, we're gonna run into that soon. I feel like we've run into. I feel like we've been in the '80s forever, though. For yeah, we have too. Um, but not a not a shit ton of Chevy. No, right? What have we done? Uh, Fletch. It's just Fletch. That's it. I, maybe there's right. been another one. I can't think. of. We one. haven't even hit Caddyshack, which is bizarre. That's true too. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see Martin Brest's career. Let me see. I'm going to look it up here. Yeah, I think he's 70 now or 72 now. Well, now he's old. Yeah. I mean, he's 70 as well. Yeah, now. But I mean, you figure Julie came out over, you know, f- over 15 years ago. Uh, yeah, he directed, oh, I'm sorry. He directed a movie called Going in Style, which I've never seen. Came no, out no, in 79. No. George Burns, Art Carney. <laughs> I mean, they were a thousand years old then. Uh, Lee Strasberg. Uh, so he directs Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. And then he directs Midnight Run. That's true too. Um, so Spies Like Us, by the way, he was an actor in. He's oh, very, he didn't direct that? What the fuck? No. Um, Midnight Run, um, he directs, which Midnight, it's funny. So this movie, I think, holds up brilliantly. I think it's edited super quick. It's a little slow. Oh, fuck yeah, you. It's You're a little slow. That's wrong. Uh, it's, it, hold, it, hold, it holds up remarkably well. Midnight Run, though, it, at times, I know guys like Kirk and a, a lot of guys oh, like Jerry Bill loves Simmons. It too. Yeah, I think if you're like a little older than us, that movie was like really kind of changed the game. Yeah. Um, but if you watch it now, anyone I know who is 40 or under who watched it been around for the first time, it's like, this is slowish. Well, I, I know some got friends of mine won't even finish it. I don't think it's that, I don't think it's bad. By I haven't seen means. it forever. I probably haven't seen it in 20 years. Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro, it's, they're both very good in it. It just, it feels so old. It feels so slow. It's just, it just feels of its time. Where this feels like, I'm not saying it's, it's so, this feels like with a couple different edits, a quicker, it's a couple quicker edits on some scenes. 
It could have been made in the late nineties. Let's go like to the warehouse brisk. two times, though. I mean, we don't. We revisit some places. What happened? We we, let's go to the warehouse a couple times. Like we don't have to revisit some shit. I just think. I also think it was like a. It was not a very inventive plot. It was drug smugglers. Well, that was Ebert's complaint. So Ebert gives us two and a half stars, and he's like, "All right, the first third of the movie, first act, I really loved it. it felt inventive, felt new, felt fresh. The, the last two thirds, it feels like a, like a like a TV, like you know, Bad Hill Street Blues episode." He had a problem with the uh, shootout at the end too. He, well, he, he likened it to uh, De Palma, but I didn't feel that way at all. That action at the end, I thought, was exciting and interesting. Ebert also hates shootouts at the end of movies. I mean, he does. In, in fairness, he just gets sick of. I'm, I honestly get sick of him too. I totally get it. Like. There came a point in time in the early 80s where Roger Ebert, much like myself now, I think what happens is you reach 40, whatever, years old, and you're like, I'm just done with action sequences. Yeah. Like, they're just boring. There's yeah. no stakes. I don't yeah. care. Um, well, there was a ton of it in the 80s. All the action films were like that. Well, that's what happened, right. And and you got, just like now you have all the Marvel stuff, yeah. right? So like, right. Right, you're running you this wall of, of action. Yeah. Like, I just don't care. Um, it's funny, though. Some of the action, you know, but then uh, if it's done right, like that first scene with the car chase, I was all in, even yeah. though, so like that was a situation where I think it was directed so well that even though obviously I know that um, Axel Foley is going to survive the, the truck, he has to, it's five minutes in the movie. Right. I was still able to shut that part of my brain off and just enjoy it. Yeah, it, it was exciting, I was especially like, oh, with him flipping great. around or you see him like tumbling around in the back, yeah. not just outside. Yeah, I think like, I, I was, was exciting. to just genuinely enjoy the and action. And nailing all the cars and you're, you know, you say, oh my God, it plowed through another car. Like yeah, th- th- that was interesting. Yeah. The shootout, right. So it's part, of, the first half of the shootout is- uh, you know, all right, not not great. Uh, it goes on, it goes on a little long to, to Matt's point. But then the second uh, part when they're in the house probably was too short. And I love how when they, I love that they shoot Axel and you see him bleeding. Yeah. Um, because like, oh, the stakes get raised, right? That's right. And um, I I think Murphy played it really well. Like he looked like he was in pain. Um, I love that it shows that he's not immortal. He's not a superhero. Um, it shows his real risk. I just really enjoyed all of that. Ideally, maybe you know. We, we lose some of our characters in that shootout. If it's a real shootout, we should have some some victims there. Maybe you know, you know, maybe on the uh, good guy side. Maybe Tiger doesn't make it out or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, shooting Judge Reinhold in the head or whatever a couple <laughs> years after Fast Times would have been ballsy. Would have been <laughs> yes. cool. Yes. But it would have been would have been uh, maybe that choice they would have made. But we could have lost even you know even the great Ronnie Cox. I don't know if he's I don't know if I'm ready to say he's a friend of the show yet. But um, I wouldn't say that. You no, know, but you know we we didn't we obviously said so we didn't get Ronnie Cox at the end. Um, but maybe you know maybe he dies. But you know, whatever. But that doesn't happen here. But that's okay. It's still an enjoyable movie. It's fun. I think it's an enjoyable movie. I'm going to recommend it. But didn't hold up as much as I'd hoped it would. So you haven't seen Midnight Runner forever? Forever. I haven't seen Scent of a Woman for forever. I saw he, it once. He also directs Meet Joe Black, which I've seen actually quite a bit. I saw it's a, a really times. interesting movie that is incredibly boring at times. I th- I like it because it's uh it's Hopkins and um, Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt and they and, do a good um, job uh, and the great Claire Fulani who she's you, the, who the you hate she's actually okay in this movie it's probably the best <laughs> it's thing probably the best thing she's done, that she yeah. ever done every every other time she's I've seen her she sucks very attractive though. yeah she's a pretty girl but yeah. she just can't act well I think mean, it's important to note that though <laughs> thank you yes. Now the world knows. Yes. Well, I think I say it every time, and every time you, you do, every yes. time you go, it doesn't matter, and every time I just keep repeating. No, I, I think it does. Kind of it does matter, but I think yes. there are plenty of beautiful women who can also act. You know, case in point, uh, Urlacher here. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know. She would have been the best fit for me, Joe. Well, Black probably not. Yeah, right. Right. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? You know, fifteen we, years we, later, we don't judge here on uh, Quantum <laughs> Week. Uh, no, Major Black is. A, but at the end of the day, Major Black is a really interestingly directed film. It has some really interesting shots in it. Um, it's. Pretty wild to see a director make a major motion picture for a studio and not give a fuck about pace, which is pretty ballsy <laughs> and wild. Um, it's like, oh shit, this guy is just gonna fucking do it at his speed. It's also shocking too in the beginning. It is shocking at the beginning. 
it's in some regards. I mean, uh, beginning is you know you know you see a movie about death, so it's like I don't know how shocking. Well, uh, still the the way that it happened the yeah. first time I saw it, it caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah. But I just think that like how it plods along and doesn't give a fuck is pretty. It's it's a huge middle finger to some you know the audience to some extent, which is which you can't help but respect on some level. It's an interesting movie, and then I, I have not seen Julie, and that's it. It's all he's ever directed. He's only directed, um, you know what, two six major motion pictures. That's I wanted crazy. to give him credit for a couple more. I know, Matt, Matt hasn't directed everything. <laughs> um, but, like, that's wild that he only directed six movies. And it's he, not a lot. And he wrote, um, he only wrote two of them. His first one, Going in Style, and the last one, Julie. So, uh, that's, uh, that's not great. So, that's a bad way to go. Um, but, oh, maybe that's, that must have been what killed it for him. But you'd think he would have done more. He got, you have the third biggest um, rated R film ever. ever? You'd think you'd, you'd. You get to do some stuff. Yeah, I mean, we talked about with Top Gun. Top Gun in 1986 uh, was the number one uh, film of that year. Uh, 85 was Back to the Future, Robert Zemeckis. So, you know, Zemeckis was able to parlay that Back to the Future stuff and basically got to do Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Got to yeah. basically write, do whatever he wanted in Hollywood. Right. Okay. Tony Scott, same kind of thing where he was able to work, you know, long past his expiration date. Oh, <laughs> not literally. <laughs> not literally, but figuratively. Uh, you know, uh, he, he That's sat, a bridge too far, he, he my sadly friend. did not, uh, well, Matt coming in hot. Uh, he sadly did not direct, of course, after he died. Uh, but he, he just made, he made these like just like shitty movies for like a good run in the, uh, the last yeah, yeah, 15 yeah. years of his career, 10 years of his career. Um, and it's just because he could just like ride off the top. I and mean, to some extent, true romance, um, uh, which came a later. Much better film, but, uh, what's that? Much better film than top guy. Oh, I agree. But Jeez. I'm just saying he had to like, he yeah. had to ride off the commercial success and then later on the critical success right. of those two movies. Uh, you know, obviously Crimson Tide made money. So Tony's got a weird career. I mean, it's a great, not a great comp. But Martin Brest maybe is not that talented. Maybe he's just not a, as good of a director or creative a director. He might not be a creative guy. He might be a good action comedy guy and then that's it. Well, that's a lot though, right? It is a lot. He can yeah. direct action and comedy. But what other... Right, but that's yeah. pretty good. No, I agree. That's I mean, good. We just, we just gave Brit, you know, Dick Donner a fucking blowjob. <laughs> no, 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 no. Doing the same thing. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking maybe he's not as creative. He can't do, he's not going to do an art film after that, or he's not going to, you know what I mean? He's not going to do a Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He might not have that skill set. Yeah, you're right. Okay, maybe, so maybe you're right. Maybe Zemeckis is a bad comp. Tony Scott, um, maybe is a better that's one. That's probably a better, but he got, Tony Scott, I feel like, got a lot of chances. Well, he, maybe went, was, he went and did Days of Thunder. And it's funny, there's so, that too. And the other thing, too, remember, Simpson Bruckheimer. With, mm. with well, this movie, and yeah. then obviously with Top Gun. That's right. And um, and you know, we talked about Don Simpson a while ago. You know, crazy. You know, this was this movie. A crazy drug addicted guy. He's just a the complete. Just lived his life. Food, women, drugs, alcohol to excess on every level. Just a, died complete, young. Complete maniac. Yeah. His entire life. But it was this was his idea. Oh, was it? Was this this? Yeah. And he had this idea in the, in the late seventies, and it just took long. You know, we all these different actors kept being attached to it. Uh, at one point, Stallone was attached to it. Uh. Uh, Mickey Rourke was attached to it, uh, and it went, you know, went through. And then finally, they paid Eddie, Eddie uh, Murphy four million to do it, and then he uh, a thirteen million dollar budget. You know, he got four million of it. This was only a thirteen million dollar budget. Yeah. Wow, worth, worth every penny for absolutely. For Eddie they Murphy, crushed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying for him, yeah. for, for Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, of course. This was after. So this was the first movie Eddie Murphy made. Or the first real he made some horrible Dudley Moore movie. We won't talk about it. It's not even worth discussing. Um, he just he literally just took this movie for the money. They. We'll discuss it, I guess, because I brought it up. Uh, so he does, I'm sorry, he does 48 Hours. Yep. St still on SNL. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Those trading places still on SNL. Right. We're going to talk about both those movies. Sounds like in the next couple months. Um, then he does this Dudley Moore movie. Dudley Moore, for anyone who's younger doesn't know, uh, was this movie called Arthur. He's a yep. British guy. 
very odd. He was very, he was a huge movie star for a short time, even though he's this like little guy who's odd looking middle-aged. He's like, there's nothing really appealing about him. He's not no. particularly funny. He's not a great lead. I don't know what, he's just one of those guys that, this is charming it, in a weird way, I guess. I guess, very bizarre career. He went, um, he did a movie where he went into like a insane asylum or something and they made ads. Like they did advertisements. <laughs> he also, when he played an elf in a Santa Claus, I think Santa Claus, the movie, oh, he, did was, he? he was an elf. He was all over HBO when we were kids. That That's how well, I saw a, all of his movies. Well, Arthur one, Arthur two on the rocks, yeah. like all of them. Well, Arthur two on the rocks, that's an example of it. The charm uh, wore off quick. But Arthur one came out, what, 79 or 80? And that was a huge hit. And that, and that, you know, so then when Matt and I are young, it's sure you can imagine he's in all his movies. So he does this terrible movie. And then- What the, did he do? Wait, what was the movie called? I forget. Oh. Sense, sense. Okay, but it wasn't one of the Arthurs. because No, 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 okay. no, no, no. There's only two Arthurs. So Arthur right. one and Arthur. Yeah. No, this was just some random Dudley Moore movie that sucked. And uh, the studio made it and they're like, holy shit, this movie's fucking awful. Like there's nothing, <laughs> this, this movie is so bad that this is just, there's nothing we can do. But we paid Dudley Moore this money. It costs a lot to make. What do we do? And someone had the idea, like, let's bring Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's the mm. hottest star in the world. Let's give him whatever he wants. Let's write him a, basically a blank check. And we'll have him come in and film like a half hour of stuff. It doesn't matter. You're like, well, it has nothing to do with the plot. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We need someone to sell tickets. So he does a movie and him and Dudley Moore, actually him and the entire cast don't even share a scene. Really? It's just Eddie Murphy doing these weird, like he's a policeman. He's like, uh, it just fight, solves his crime. There's just in the middle of the movie? to do with what's going on with Dudley Moore. <laughs> Dudley Moore plays like an artist. This has nothing to do at all. With I'm going to have to see this movie. It's very strange. So uh, Eddie Murphy then went on to host SNL and he's like, oh no, like it was like honest. Like, no, I, that movie was dreadful. I took it. He's like, you would have taken that movie too. They paid me so much money. Yeah, like yeah, I had to take it. Yeah. So, um, so he did that movie and then it was around that time he was doing that movie is when he got to SNL. Um, he actually got that season, the last season he was in a couple episodes early. He did. Because he was just filming you know, movies and everything left and right. And um, so this was the first real movie he did after SNL. So he, had, he could do his complete attention, focus on it. Obviously a lot of it shot in, in LA. He couldn't, you know, it'd be hard to do if you're doing SNL in New York. That's right, yeah. Even though um, Dick Ebersole was very accommodating with Eddie that last year. He's like, do whatever you want today as long as you're staying on the show. You can take as many breaks as you want. So he vanished for like weeks at a time that last season. Now, that last season, Eddie Murphy's in SNL is one of the worst seasons in SNL because he's never on and it's just like Joe Piscopo and like, it's just oh, yeah, it's that's rough. Right. And then Julie yeah. drives, but she's, there's not, they didn't know what to do with her yet. It's, right. That season's a mess. Um, and then the next season is when they brought in Billy Crystal and Chris Guest and yeah. uh, I was guess, Martin Short. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, uh, it's just, I, and I think having that focus to be able to like, this is the movie I'm going to do. Like I can actually just like throw myself into this made a huge difference um, uh, in that he could become, because you see how confident he is. He is very confident. For a 23 year old yes. guy to go in there and basically take a movie, throw it on a show. Now I know he did Trading Places, but that's with Ackroyd. Yes. And 40 Hours, that's with Nolte. Right. So this is the first movie. He's like, nope. On, this is and, mine. And yeah. you, he looks like he's been a movie star for 10 years. Yeah, because no one else is anywhere near as, I mean, you know, he's a big star by now, but no one else is on his level here. Like no. he, he's carrying this movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he does a good job for that. A good job? Yeah. I'd say, how many other 23 year olds can do this? Be oh, I agree. R-rated movie. I agree. Carried on their shoulders like this and look like they've been doing it. Like I mean, unbelievable. Twenty three years old. I know. Just Incredible. just a baby. Yes. No, he did a great. He did a good job. You're right. A good job. He did. He did a very good job. Just not as good as some other performances that he's done. But he's done. A, he did a good job. All right. How about just irrele relevant to him? Just just in the scope of human beings. He did an Absolutely. amazing job. He did, he did a like, fantastic job. You could make a case he should get like a nomination potentially for this. Like, like Matt and I said on an earlier episode, this is kind of before on the nomination. This is a little before our time, so I'm not familiar enough with the nominees. But you could start having that argument of like, this is like a great, one of the greatest 
comedic performances of that decade. Oh yeah, we did talk about who who was nominated. At the, it well, wasn't well, a, that, course, was the, uh, that was that was Abraham won right, but but this was not a strong year. Besides right. that, we had so, that one that's could that have been Caesar Adolf Caesar guy. Yeah, we never even heard of right. But, but we haven't seen those movies. Is my point. Maybe that's they true. are good. Yeah, kill wanna... one from the Killing Fields, and then uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was for the, that was supporting actor though. Was that supporting yes. actor? F. Murray Abraham won for this. Tom Holt. No, I know was he did from Yes, of course. Right. I would say okay. I would say Eddie Murphy's better in Beverly Hills Cop, and Tom Holt is nominated. I disagree with that, but that's okay. <laughs> Good content for a show. I, under, no, I understand why you would say that, but I disagree. Okay, he's better because I've seen his peak. I've seen, I have seen uh, Murphy do better. I've seen his peak. That's not the point. It's not. That's a terrible argument. That you makes me so? angry. Okay, Don't be so angry. <laughs> doing a show here, man. Uh, <laughs> just calm down. Everything's fine, just man. Chill out, relax. Just, just chill out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, Paul does a great job as Amadeus. To my point, he does a great job. To my job. point, Anthony Hopkins is great in The Father. Yeah. Deserve the Oscar. Huh? Fantastic performance. He's better in Silence of the Lambs. Okay, that's Doesn't true. mean he shouldn't win for The Father. Yes. Well, and also, Hulse doesn't have to carry the entire movie on his, on his shoulders. Right. Like, well, we uh, we like said Murphy we does. both agree it might be some yeah. genre fraud there, right? Or not even genre, not intentional genre fraud, just genre miss. Yeah, they, they, he should have been. Misgendering. Like misgendering? It's not, even genre, it's not a genre, though. That's the, it's the, uh, I know, but that's, I know, I know what you I'm mean. Being... Yeah. No, he should have been a supporting actor, nominated for the supporting actor, not yes. for actor. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Thank you. I know. <laughs> I was thinking of misgendering. A type? Joke. I don't know. I was trying to be funny. It's okay. Didn't, um, didn't work. No. It. Well, it did work. We just didn't. You just, didn't well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the fans say. People, people will be <laughs> <laughs> quoting that one for a while. Probably. Joking at us canceled. I guess that's all I have in Beverly Hills Cop. Except for Gil Hill. I'm sorry now? Except for Gil Hill. Gil Hill? Yes. Gil Hill plays uh, Eddie Murphy's boss, the lieutenant in, oh. uh, in this. Do you not know about him? No. He was actually a real cop. Oh, wow. Who then also ran for mayor of Detroit. Oh. Who was part of the white boy Rick scandal. Do you know any about, oh, about I, there's that? There's a movie he came out about. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, there's a movie. Uh, is it? Um, are you in it? I, I, I think, might, I think he's in it too. Behind, I, I actually saw a documentary. So white yeah. boy Rick I heard was, the documentary is much better than the movie. I, I didn't that. see the movie, so I don't yeah. know, but the documentary was enlightening. So uh, he's a seven, white boy, Rick, Rick uh, Worley, I think is his name. White boy, Rick is a 17 year old kid who is supposedly the drug pin of Detroit. What ends up happening is he's a 14 year old kid. I guess his dad, his biological father was, um, was like into drugs and like doing kind of petty crime. And so he started dealing drugs um, for the local crime syndicate as a 14 year old kid, right. kind of falling in his uh, father's footsteps, but he gets pinched. And the cops turn him and say, hey, can you inform for us? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do, you know, he kind of saw it as like a, a service. Um, and uh, they eventually like hang him out to dry. So he's like continuing. They're, they're like, you keep dealing drugs, just try to get up further and further and further in the syndicate, in the gang, and uh, just see how high you can go and just keep reporting back on what's, gonna ha on, on what's been happening. And so he does. And he rises. Some people say to the top, he says, no, I was a 17-year-old kid. I was kind of the face because people wouldn't fuck with me as a kid. Like, no one's going to shoot me in the head because I'm a kid. Uh, but, uh, but no, the, the local crime, the crime boss was um, this other guy, Jonathan, uh, was the Curry gang. Uh, I think it was Jonathan Curry. Tim Curry? No, nope. uh, Tim Curry. No, not Tim Curry. No? He was in Clue. But uh, I think it was the Curry gang with Jonathan Curry. What ends up happening- Come on, Georgie. Gil Hill gets accused. <laughs> what Give me was some that? drugs, Georgie. Come on, Georgie. Come on. Every, everyone floats down here, Georgie. Is that how you think he sounds, Tim Curry? Tim Curry is Pennywise the clown and it? Yes. Oh, I forgot he was, in, he was Pennywise. Well, I didn't know he was. This is some show for you today. Wow, you're rattled. 
Am I rattled? I don't know. You're weird today. Am I weird? Yeah. I'm just trying to talk about Gil Hill. I know. So yeah. Gil Hill is the, he is, um, I don't think he's a, he's, he's a homicide detective at this time. He might be a lieutenant at this time. And he apparently, or he is accused of covering up for a murder from the Curry gang. They killed this 13 year old kid, but white boy Rick overhears a conversation where he admits it. And he gets, and white boy Rick gets accused of, an, of a crime and put in prison for life. Oh no. So Gil Hill, real cop, ran for mayor, lost, mm. and potentially a really bad dude. Oh. Yeah. Who's good in this? What? He's good in this. He is good in this, but I can't look at him the same way oh. anymore because I think of him as a crook. So huh. it's too bad. But he loved, he loved the fame. Like, and after Beverly Hills Cop, he, he tried to really distance himself from that. But apparently, there's a hitman in prison now oh, no. who said that Gil Hill hired him to kill white boy Rick. But Gil Hill died before that happened, oh, no. so he didn't fulfill it. Well, Gil Hill may be, you know, a complicated figure, but good in Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> yes, you could just, just, just wipe it all away. Yep. All of his past dealings just and did. crimes. Yep. No uh, problem. No problem at all doing that, actually. <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about with uh, Beverly Hills Cop? So you give it an, like, you give it A minus? Yes. That's kind of high. So Die Hard or this? Oh, Die Hard, you get an A. Okay, good. All right, good. At least we agree on that. Yeah. The, the, that's die Hard might be the best action we ever made. It's very good. Yeah. I give it an A too, but. I know. I know. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Is this, is this going to be like doing a show with you and you're like, in like 20 years? It's a little, it's like Reagan in 92 with you right now. It's like, something's wrong. We don't know what it is. What do you mean something's wrong? I just, I just, you know, misremembered all the movies that uh, <laughs> I this know. guy directed. It's like, wow, what's going on? Yeah, I, don't I don't know. It's just, it's a little off today. It's all right. It's like you said. It's like, it sounds is it all right though? You keep saying it's all right. Is it all right? I don't know. It's really not. What do you want to do? We're, we're doing a show. You want me to continue or not? <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt wants to pull the plug. Uh, yes, I just want to continue. <laughs> Only once. Yes, yes, please. Maybe continue. Yes, please. Maybe continue the show. Another accent please, for me. Please. All right. Don't you forget about me by simple minds uh, written for the breakfast club, that movie. Um, what ended up happening was uh, Keith Forsey was a producer and Steve Schiff, who is a guitarist for the band wrote this song because they were doing the score. They were doing the, the music for what the was breakfast the guitarist club. Name again? Uh, Schiff. It's a uh, Steve Schiff. Mm-hmm. Not shit. Schiff. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to say you. Is that how this is going to be now from now on? Yep. <laughs> Hope you guys say that name a few more times. Uh, he's actually, Schiff is not a, the guitar player oh. for, for Simple <laughs> Minds. Uh, neither one of those, uh, the producer or the guitar player, are in Simple Minds. <laughs> but they wanted, they be big fans of Simple Minds. Oh, yes, right. Big fans. And so when they toured America, they got to like backstage and, and pitched this song. Hey, we want you, this, we wrote the song because it, we're big fans of yours. And, it, and to us, this sounds like a, your song. It sounds like a song for you. Can you do it for this movie? And they're like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> we're only going to do, this, oh, we just don't, don't make a fucking parody version of our songs. We play our songs. Did you see that exact quote? Yes. No, no. Oh, was there a quote? Yeah, I got, I got a quote. <laughs> it is fantastic. It's exactly that. It, it's worth, believe me, it's worth finding. It's just, it's so bizarre. Oh, is it the, we are simple minds. Yes. 
<laughs> we, we won't play. We are, so, we are simple minds. We do our own songs. <laughs> this is like we are simple minds like three times in that quote. It's like, all right, we get it. You're simple minds. <laughs> simple minds. Yeah, you see, I can see why you call that. World beaters. Yeah. Uh, by the way, not very big in the United States uh, at this time. I mean, they they struggled yeah. for a while. They were big in Europe, big in England. They had like five platinum selling fucking albums in, in England and did well in Australia and New Zealand, but just never cracked it here. Very odd band, I think is why, which uh, we can get into later, but I just want to finish kind of how this, this thing happened. So Schiff oh. and... Uh, <laughs> And Forsey <laughs> asked a bunch of other people, like Billy Idol, um, they and 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 and, and Corey Hart. I wear yeah. my song. That wouldn't have worked. Billy Idol absolutely would have worked in the song. If you listen to this, it's fucking that's Billy Idol. But don't you? It, he he can be like if you think of Eyes Without a Face, he can definitely be. That's true. Yeah, he's he can, more talented. We've run into him a couple times on the show. He's actually better Billy than Idol. Yeah, yeah, Billy Idol underrated. Uh, but this song kind of really worked. I think that would have worked with his voice a lot. But, the, but all these people turned him down, and then eventually um, they they got uh, who's the who's the pretenders? Um, Chrissy, Hines. Chrissy Hines was married to the singer. Yes, of Simple Minds. They like got to her and said, "Listen, we love this band. Can you help us out?" And she did, and so they recorded it. But they hated it. They're like, "This isn't a good song," um, and so they didn't even put it on their album that was coming out in the following year. So that so it does show up. Their next album that gets released in 1985 is Once Upon a Time. It's not on that album until the reissue, and now it is on the album. So it's just this single. They're like, we think it's just this stupid song in this throwaway movie. They thought the movie was going to be shit. Of, you know, of course, it becomes this huge movie, course, classic. Breakfast Club, by the way. And Breakfast Club. We, I mentioned that at the top of the uh, segment, mm-hmm. by the way, twice. But mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, that's too focused on the guitarist's name. At <laughs> yeah. Uh, close. I'll, I'll work on it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but this is a song that really launched them in the United States. It hit number one on Billboard, and it's what they're known for. Oh, I yeah. didn't. I, I mean, I didn't really know. So now, um, yeah, they only had two hits here. Yeah, Alive and Kicking, I think, yeah. is the other one I know, right? It's a legitimate song. It's a good song. I didn't know it was them. I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't know it was them. Right. I, I, obviously, we both knew the song. But. Yeah, yeah. There was one other song on the album that charted that I kind of recognized, but but that, that's basically it. So for all their huge success, guess how many albums they fucking sold? Oh, but I know that one of their songs, that the song, was it Belfast? Born yeah, or yeah. something? It was yep. like the number one song in, I don't know, some European countries. Like a, it's like a massive hit there. Um, so I'm, I don't know, 15 million? 60 million. 60 million? 60 fucking million Six albums. Zero? Simple Minds is- Almost all, all just overseas. Well, huh? and also, okay, these, this band was fucking prolific. So they release an album, 1979, again in 1979, 1980, 1981, Gary Newman's 1982, they're really weird too. Did you did you go back and listen to any of them? Yeah, I, I went back. I'm like, I'm good. I so they sort of like. I didn't even like their hits, like beyond they're like full, I don't, you I don't, know, the uh, European hits. I, I think like they're that. innovative and interesting, but yeah. it's not not really my style. Like they they started off as kind of a punk band. Um, what there's like glam rock sort of punk. Where's uh someone right here? Listen, this is like their one of their first kind of bigger songs. <laughs> A little glammy, little punk. But I mean, that's a lot different than the Simple Minds yeah. we're listening to on this, right? But, I, but it was sort of interesting. They went like really experimental with their next album. Uh, it was called uh, Real to Real Cacophony. 
that actually put him on the radar radar of uh, of Peter Gabriel, which he brought them on their on his 1980 tour, which exposed mm. him to a huger audience. Third album is like this whole like a dance album. It's a completely different fucking um fucking thing altogether. Like this fucking disco almost. I like this better. Yeah, yeah, definitely in the first glam thing. But that's what they, they, they do is sort of like punk to this ex- really experimental music to a dance record. Then they go into new wave songs. Mm. That's kind of where they stayed. I listened to their, their most recent album too. It's very, uh, it's very similar to Don't You and kind of the stuff that yeah. defined their, like the back half of the 80s. But I don't know. It's interesting. I think, like, I, I think that they sound like a lot of different things. They sound a little bit like Billy Idol, The Church. They sound a little bit like The Cure. They sound... They um, yeah, they, they just got kind well, of alternative a, bands at that time. Yeah, a lot of right, exactly. And um, there you go. I mean, they're still touring. There's only two members of the band. Actually, it was right after this time. I think that the next album, uh, they like their the band started to break apart, but it still maintained. Um, one of the guitarists and the singer has been there from day one. And they still tour. So I like this song a lot. I think it's a pretty good song. I, I'm I'm not as drawn to it as some of the other like '80s hits that we've cross into it's it's an interesting song like it's better than that george michael song we discovered yeah i don't know i like Harris Harris whisper. whisper i like Harris whisper yeah. yeah i like that better thanks um this one's what len the cat's meowing by the way folks yeah so he was a fucking killer we talked about i came downstairs on uh, sunday three dead mice as we talked about before one yesterday he's just been on a murder streak just Jesus. crushing crushing mice he was so proud of it like i was yeah, sitting on very the, proud i was well, sitting, on the, I was sitting on the chair upstairs and he like He's all do. excited bringing it to me yesterday. Well, that's their, that's, they feel like that's your job. I know. And then when I took it from him, it was dead. It's dead mm-hmm. carcass. I took it oh, from him okay. and threw him outside. Yeah. He was like all meow, 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 like around my legs. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're a good man. You're a See? good man. Thanks for protecting the house. Yeah. I really appreciate it. You're a good man. Right. Now he's back. He wants more attention. Yeah, I want some attention. Um, the other cool thing about the cool thing about the song, though, is that like every section is a hook. Like The bridge is almost more memorable than the chorus. Like, doesn't that, that doesn't sound like a bridge to me. It's like, it's almost, that could be the chorus. Yeah. Right? And then, and then that, like, outro, of course, everybody knows. Probably the most famous thing. Right? I mean, the la 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 la's was like, and kind guess, of what everybody I guess remembers. It was a placeholder, right? It was, yeah. 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 They recorded like three hours. I mean, they, they busted it out. They hated the song. They're like, there's, there's like, fine, whatever, but turned into a hit. It's used remarkably well in uh, Breakfast Club. John Hughes is fantastic with music. Um, uh, and um, I think it works so well in that movie. It's just the perfect song. For the movie. And it's placed perfectly at the beginning and the end. But like, also just like Judd Nelson, just like the rock and the fist. Like that's a great, great scene. They do. They use the original demo version in the beginning and then the Simple Minds version in the end. So here's the demo version. It's very similar. Like six and a half minutes long. But it's oh, like no, it's funkier. Different. Oh, yeah. it's different, right? Yeah, this is the demo version with the original writers. That's not even Steve Kerr singing. There's all this like weird, a lot of bass fills and shit. It's different. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It it does open. Breakfast Club does open different. We haven't covered that movie yet for this show. We haven't. We've only done one John Hughes movie, right? Uh, Or two, I guess. Two. uh, Home Alone. Home Alone. Which he wrote in direct. And then, of course, uh, Uncle Buck. Right. Because for YouTube. But um, we haven't done any real John Hughes. No. That's okay, though. 
That's a, that's a you. That's a you thing, right? You, that's a me thing. Well, I, I mean, I don't control the. Yeah. I don't I mean, control, I don't control the, me. Or you the dice. Randomly, but yeah, you don't seem too upset about it. I don't. No, I don't feel very. I, I don't think they're going to hold up well. We'll see. I don't think Breakfast Club will either. But we'll see. We're going to find out. Uh, maybe I'll go in there like slightly, you know, thinking that it's not going to be very good. And then it'll surprise me. Like Beverly Hills Cop for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you like it so much. Yeah. Um, Probably not. That's a good movie. It. Uh, yeah, that's it, I think. Okay. That's what we got. Where, what, what, where were you? What were you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm five. five. I, I mean, I guess I was talking about like when I visit my, I used to visit my nan and papa in Saugus. So I lived in Long Island uh, uh, at this time and um, we would go visit my, my, all my mom's family was living in and around Saugus. My mom is the oldest child of three uh, and her sister and her brother are, um, Teenagers or like early twenties this time. So they were yeah. around that general area. And I was the only um, nephew that they had. I was the only, didn't have any nieces either. I was the only kid kind of around at that time. So they, you know, they would make a big deal about me. It was fun. You go there, they spoil you and have a good time. And they wanted to see me and I wanted to see them. Um, and, you know, it was great seeing my nan and papa. So we would go visit them quite a bit. And we used to fly out a lot. So we would fly from JFK to Logan um, I guess because it's right there from Logan. It's like a 15 minute drive probably, right? Oh yeah. Uh, from Logan, it's 15 minute drive to my Nana Puppets. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it's right so there. I guess right. that's easy. Right. Yeah. Oh, it, was, it took longer to get to JFK and it took to, right. And then like flying back then was just so much easier. Like I remember oh, I had like a little suitcase. You just run up to, it was almost like catching a train now. Yeah. Um, there's no security. You just go up and just go. I don't, my mom said it was like pretty cheap for a while. And then all of a sudden it, it got a lot more expensive. We started to drive more yeah. like in the later, late eighties. Plus my sister was born in 87. And then when that happened, obviously a got a baby, you're going to stay home. And then B to have like to buy three seats on a plane. Does yeah. that make sense? So, but even before my sister was born though, I feel like we flew less. Um, the other thing we would do is to go uh, visit them. We would take the ferry, the Port Jeff ferry out of Long Island and then that brings you to, from Port Jefferson, Long Island, and then it brings you to like Bridgeport, Connecticut. Oh. So that way you kind of miss the city, you don't have to drive through the city and you can just kind of go. So when Laura and I go to Long Island, usually every year we go to Long Island, we go hang out at the beach. Uh, I love the Robert Moses Beach, my favorite beach uh, I've ever been to. And um, we'll go spend a week on Long Island, just get bagels and pizza and hang out at the beach and just, just And you take out. the ferry to do that? Yeah, we'll, we'll take yeah. the ferry. It's just, it's, just, it's just fun. It's just like, yeah. it's, it's a novelty. It breaks the trip up a little bit and you don't have to worry about driving in the city. It's great. Um, so that's a, that's like a, a, that was always fun when I remember being a kid, like being like, Oh cool. I get to take the ferry. It was, was fun. I mean, sometimes we drive, but it was pretty, pretty rare. Like we'd fly a lot. And then, um, you know, we get there and my parents lived, or my grandparents lived in Saugus. In fact, they, my grandmother lived there until 20, until she died in 2018. So, you know, from when I was born, they got the house during the Kennedy administration mm. and they, she lived there all the way until a few years ago. Um, and so that was like the one constant in my childhood where, you know, I was born in, you know, I lived in New York till I was nine and I moved to New Hampshire. And as an adult, I kind of moved all over the place. So it was always nice to have that, like a one like constant, like yeah. home in a way, even though it wasn't my home, it was my grandmother's home, but it still felt like home. I even lived there for a couple of years with them. Um, and um, so it was always that great going there. But back in the eighties, route one was awesome. Like you had, you know, Hilltop. Uh, yeah, state. You're, obviously, right. you still have Kowloon's. It's like the last one left. But you had, you go down there, it's all these really interesting stories. You had uh, Readings and Greetings, which was like a comic book slash like greeting cards slash like like a newspaper store. Mm. Um, and mags had like a million magazines. I had, like I said, I had comics, which I used to love to get. Um, and you also had, you know, other kind of, you know, back then you had stores like Bradley's or uh, Rich's or kind of those department stores that you could go into. I remember, you know, I get to go in, they'd always buy me toys in there. It was yeah, always yeah. fun. 
But um, there's a great place called Santoro's Sub Villa. It was right near where my grandparents lived. And they had a great, they made subs there, obviously, Sub Villa. Or sub dash Villa. Yeah. And um, like castle of subs. I guess so. Is that what Villa means? Uh, villa or like a. I was like, in the village of subs. Like it's like a whole, like a uh, town of subs. Villa is almost like a, like a castle with a town around oh, it, I think. All right. Yeah. I used to imagine it was a whole little town of subs. Ah. But who knows? Picture it that way. Though. But I the pizza great. that was great. It was like, uh, oh. I, I like a thin crust. You do, yes. Do you like that too? Uh, I'll take thin or thin. It doesn't do matter. Prefer? I do like, I think I like them. It de- I like them both. I like them both. I, I'm, I love pizza, so I don't care. Can Not Matt's best show, people. What are you talking about? Pick I don't have to have an opinion. I don't have to pick a side. I like them both. Just give me fucking pizza. <laughs> what else I even that? like the fucking Uno deep dish shit. I oh, like it all. Oh, you're so gross. Oh, you're so gross. I like yeah, them all. New Hampshire, New Hampshire native, everyone. Or actually, Massachusetts native, right? Yeah. Technically. Yeah. New Hampshire, I was like, you can tell. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was a real thin, thin pizza. And, uh, oh, and it was like, uh, you don't put any toppings on it. It was just the cheese. It was good enough. You don't need anything to spice it up. It was... 10 out of 10 pizza. So good for, especially for that area. I, it was the best pizza I had in and around that North Shore area. Uh, better pizza in New York, but for that area, you couldn't beat it. Uh, but they closed a couple years ago mm. and like you drive through one now and the problem is too, they closed all these places yeah. and what do they put in these places? Apartment complexes. Yeah. So now the traffic's worse. It's terrible. So the traffic's Fucking worse. You lost all the cool stores. It was like Walmart. Yeah. And shit. You're like, oh. yeah. It lost all the charm it had. Um, it lost all the interesting places to go and now it's more crowded and, and I, I you know, Route 1 was a huge part of my childhood because, you know, visit my grandparents all the time. And um, to see what it's become is, it's kind of depressing. I get it. I can't stand driving that road, driving through that. that it was Sawyer's always kind area. of annoying because, you, you know, you, you can't can only around. be on one side right. if you're yeah. not from this area. You can only be on one side of the road. Yeah, but if there were interesting things that you wanted to do where you wanted to stop, I think it makes a huge it was difference. It right? Remember, like, yeah. you have neon signs yeah. everywhere, all these, like, interesting restaurants or yep. cool just places to go. It was a really weird drive. It was the most unusual road. Now it's become so homogenized. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, I said it's Walmart or it's just all these like chain block, you know, box stores now. And you're like, oh, what happened to the what happened to the road I used to know? So that sucks. So my, you know, my grandpa, you know, my grandmother, uh, you know, died, and uh, so it, it, it feels like this. It is now. It sucks. Like the last place from my childhood is. It's no longer what it was for me at all. It's now. It's just. It's, it's just another road in a yeah. lot of ways. But it's like, oh, that kind of sucks. I would. I'd love to. Um, go to Hilltop, or I'd love to go to these places, but they just I'd love to go. Get, I'd give. I pay a lot of money for a pizza from Subville again, yeah. but it just doesn't exist. And they, a lot of these places, um, they're like, look, we were gonna. I think this is true with Subville. I think it's true with Kowloon's. Um, might have been true with Hilltop too. Like, oh, we want. We're doing really well, but uh, our kids don't want the business anymore. Yeah, and it. We, yeah, we could sell it to another person, but the land is worth so much money that it's sitting on. We'd be fools not to just sell it. You know, if it's not going to stay in my family, what do I care if somebody yeah, else, cares if someone else yeah. keeps it a restaurant yeah, or not? Right. And um, so they all sell, you know, the land became more valuable than the restaurant and it destroyed the entire, you know, oh, what the character of that road, of that, of that area. And now it's just, it just sucks. Yeah. It's just another street. They used yeah. to have, oh, they said it's really random in the nineties. Remember this? I don't know. They built this giant palace Chinese food place like in to compete with Kowloon's but it was gigantic it was huge it was wild it made Kowloon's look like a, a trailer park really it was crazy and of course they went out of business uh, um but it was like this you just have like you have this giant um like this crazy mini golf they had like I think the orange dinosaur is still there but they have crazy mini golf place you drive by uh it was just it was just a really unique drive and it had all this character and uh I miss it but uh Saugus Route 1 
sucks. Not now. the same. It sucks. No. Yeah, no. It sucks. I can't imagine living in Saugus now. Like, do you are you near Route One if you live in Saugus, or there, is there like a nice residential area of Saugus? Are you right on that Route One? I don't. Know, I only know my grandparents. You know, you could walk. There's a Walgreens right there. There's a Burger King right there. That's that's the exit where my great grandmother lives. It's right near like kind of the Square One Mall. Yeah. But I could walk to that Walgreens in like I don't know six minutes from where okay, my grandma's. So right but, there. But it still the- felt. You still felt removed though. She was in a uh, like a cul-de-sac. Yeah. So you still you never heard Route One. It wasn't anything like that. Um, she had like a this nice little brook. It was actually a perfect spot because they they didn't want to go too far. They loved their little town. They had like a they had like a, a little boat. Um, so they were members of the yacht club. But like you know the boat, you know you wouldn't you couldn't drive to like Florida on this boat or anything. You're, right. you, I can't imagine. But uh, but it was great to kind of putt around. My 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 grandfather liked to fish, so they, they had this like nice little life that they never probably left. My grandfather was a, a firefighter in Saugus. Yeah, they never left their little town. My grandmother was a homemaker, so they never left their town. But everything they wanted was right there. Yeah, that's nice. And so they just loved that convenience, and they just loved their little town. And um, yeah, and and now it's just yeah, like to live near one now. It's just like oh cool, you live like five minutes from. Logan. You know, right, but, right. It's like, like the sub bill is gone. The sub bill used to be right there. Now it's, yeah. you know, it's gone. It's, oh, yeah, it's all gone. I don't know. It sucks. It sucks to see things, you know, things change. I, you know, you get old and it bums you out. When, things, when you're younger and things change, you're excited about it. And when, then when things change, when you start getting older, it just makes you sad. I guess it's only going to get worse. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, sorry. Cool. <laughs> Strap in. <sighs> yeah. Right, Len? Anything else about that? No. Okay, so February 19th, Cherry Coke is introduced. Oh, I like Cherry Coke. I really like Cherry Coke. Yeah. I'm Dr. Pepper fan, fan too. It's oh. the, the cherry flavor drink. The doctor. The doctor. Uh, cherry, bottles. So you compare Dr. Pepper to Cherry Coke? Well, because Dr. Pepper is a cherry cola. I mean, sorry, Dar- <laughs> uh, Dr. Pepper. Yeah, Dr. Pepper is a cherry cola. It is. Is it? Yeah. You don't really taste the cherries, though. You do. I mean, not the same as... Uh, I have, Dr. You know Pepper what I, has a really unique taste. It does, but it's you still... You really know they call it down cold. south? DP? <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it down south? I'm just going to let that just sit for a second so people get a good laugh. <laughs> let them keep laughing at you. Hopefully they're finishing up. <sighs> no, Matt, they don't call the soda double penetration, Matt. Uh, you know, I got the reference. They call it uh, Mr. F- Mr. Fib? Wait, DP is <laughs> Mr. Oh, gee, you gotta stop calling it that. Why? Because it's not. It's DP, man. It's not really. DP. No. <laughs> DP. Okay. Yeah. They don't call Mr. Pib. It's a different brand, but it's the same kind of thing. It's is it like, really? Yeah, but it's not quite as good as Dr. Pepper. I like Dr. Pepper. But um, Mr. I think it's Mr. Fib. Or, someone's gonna correct me. I'm Mr. Sure. Pib is Mr. Pib. Yeah, That's Mr. Pib. Uh, Mr. Pib though is uh, is like much more popular down south than Dr. Pepper is here. Oh wow! So you'll run into a lot of this. Was it Mr. Pib? This, this Pib man is everywhere. Yeah. Where the doctor is, <laughs> yes. he's much more exclusive. He's yes. It's hard to find. He makes home, house calls. But, yes, uh, yes. Uh, so anyway, so this, this is the first time that, that uh, Coke had mm. branched out into a flavor like this. And they were hearkening back, of course, to the the uh, you know the soda fountain places yes. of the early part of the 1900s. Cherry Coke's good. Cherry Coke is good. Yeah. Um, and you it can't had, have cherry Coke. It has corn in it, right? Don't you like Oh, corn syrup. Yeah, I don't drink. I, I'll drink the sugars. I don't even really drink soda anymore because yeah. I just don't care. But, no, I yeah. But uh, no, I'll drink the the Coke with actual sugar and right. the Pepsi with actual sugar. Yes. I don't know if they make the same. But you can't them. have cherry Coke though. Is if they don't make it they like don't. a okay? I don't then believe. then I, I, I would no because and actually When's the last time you had a cherry Coke thing. You said you like oh, it forever. Yeah. yeah, it's been forever. Uh, but I do. What's forever? Over a decade, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, forever. I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't remember. I used to drink Coke a lot more as a kid. I'm sure yeah. you did too. Like I would drink, I would probably have like three cans of Coke at night and eat, um, 
pe- like pretzels and oh, watch movies. Good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, you get yeah. the sweet and salty. Right. Yeah. Right. That's good, yeah. Um, <laughs> my dad would be like fucking knocking back the beers, and that would be my right. my answer. I'd get through probably three of those motherfuckers. Didn't I, I guess I I guess I did stay up late on the weekends when I was there with my dad till like midnight or so. I think wow. that was pretty normal. Um, but I still would get up early and watch cartoons. What do you prefer, Cherry Coke or Dr Pepper? You can only have one. Well, you haven't had either one since the Reagan administration. What would you prefer? I think I would prefer Dr. Pepper, honestly. Okay. Yeah. All right. The doctor. <laughs> all right. The pib. No. All right. All right. No. All right. Yeah. Uh, but it did like three times the amount of sales that they thought it would. And it ended up being 6% of wow. all of their soda sales, Coke. And it gave them confidence to introduce Diet Coke the following year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because uh, people started accepting things besides Coke. Because right. when did they do, when was New Coke? That was, a, that that was, was around this time. Yeah. Yeah. And that fucking failed miserably. There's a lot of rumors about that. There's we a lot did of rumors talk that about was it wasn't a show. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, Coke was like, hey, let's put out basically like a shitty, this is a, a conspiracy theory, but it has some likes to it. The, that was put out a, kind of a, inf, you know, inferior brand. Yeah. And then that yeah, we we can, because Pepsi was definitely starting to move up. Yeah. It's so like, oh, let's put out a, a shitty brand and a, like we can pull it in like nine months and we can have bring back Coke and it almost can be kind of like a whole campaign of itself. Yeah. Cause they seem to have like to be able to go back to what they then call the Coca-Cola classic. classic. They, they seem to be ready to do that like very quickly. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so my go. dad saved um, cans of the old Coke. Uh, cause he, cause he didn't like new Coke. We didn't, you know, nobody but, liked, but new, he liked new Coke. Right, sucked. No liked new Coke. Yeah. But, it, but so he saved the old, but then, so then obviously Coke classic comes back, but it still didn't, it still didn't taste exactly the same as old Coke. So my dad was, but then like five years later, we opened the cans of, uh, or maybe it was like seven or eight years later. Oh my God. It tasted so bad. Oh, it must've been awful. Fucking it was like, yeah, it was flat. It was a mess. Yeah. yeah no. I do like soda. Really save it. I, mean, I don't think saving was a good, good plan. In his no, part. not a good plan. No. no. Some just enjoy it. Yep. Drink yeah. it. Uh, the other thing is February 23rd is the Bobby Knight game. Oh, all right. Yeah. Where was a chair five minutes into the game. Uh, the, it's Indiana playing Purdue. He argues a call, says something to the, to the ref ref tees him up and Bobby. And I watched the video because <laughs> I'd forgotten. I know I'd seen it in the past walks calmly back to his chair, picks it up and launches it across the yeah. goddamn court. Crazy. Gets a second tee. Um, the refs call down the, uh, the, the, um, the athletic director, his name is Ralph Floyd, comes down and talks to him. They get another T and Bobby, you know, and, and Bobby Knight's kicked off, but pretty wild, yeah. uh, pretty wild scene. So that was uh, February 23rd of this year. Wow. That's what I got. That's, those, are, right. those, are the, those are the headlines. Those are good headlines. Actually, I probably might be your best headlines yet. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> okay, so I give you a compliment. You say shut up. You see, ah, shut I was backhanded, backhanded compliment, though. Oh. I don't take those from you. I'm not going to take your backhanded compliments. Give me okay. real compliments and I'll say thank you. I really appreciate oh. that. So I think it's your best headlines yet. I think you were. It was authentic. It's a backhanded conf, uh, well, what, compliment. Whatever it is. Because now you're saying my other, my other headlines are shitty. That's kind of what you're saying. saying yeah, that's bullshit. That's, the best. No, that's a backhanded compliment. I don't want to take those from you. Okay. I want, a, I want a nice, genuine. Give me a nice, genuine, genuine compliment. Give me a nice, like, from a heartfelt compliment from you to me. Uh... You remembered some of the things you tried to say <laughs> I did, today. I did. Terrible show. Is this your worst show in a while, huh? I don't, so what I remember. I think it was entertaining though, wasn't yeah, I it? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it was our worst show. I think in a while. I think the <laughs> one last week was quite bad. The um, the apology show, if you will. I don't think that was a very good episode. Um, but yeah, uh, this was to... this was a good episode. I just think you were just you were out to lunch, out out, to, out in space. I'm here. Well, in spirit. 
Yeah. So what's going on? Why, why are you? Why is it all just in the clouds? I don't know. Really? I think some. Yeah. Some. Sometimes I have more focus than I do. Feel like I've got a lot going on, but I usually I can. I can kind of block that stuff out when I'm prepping for the show and just focus on the task at hand. But I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm a little oversaturated. I do. I, I really have been working every single day. I didn't even this weekend, Saturday, I painted all day. That's right. And this Saturday I'm going to paint all day and go out with you motherfuckers this evening, which actually I'm looking forward to. That's going to be a good, you motherfuckers, uh, me and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really. We're going to go have uh, dinner. The, the uh, double date, uh, Chris and I and the wives um, on Saturday night, which actually it's, I am so looking forward to. So the day this comes out. Oh yeah, what day is this? It's, well, today is Tuesday, but this is going to come. We out already on know I'm having memory problems today. <laughs> wow, I think that's what it is, though. I think it, there's a lot going on. Yeah, too much for your little mind. Yeah, it kind of fries. A big mind. I can take a lot. Take, but, well, uh, take, but take, take some things out. Just you know, maybe try to you know. Well, I'd like to. You like to reflect, right? That's a big thing with you. Didn't get to on my birthday. That was the problem. Have you, have you been able to reflect at all? Since Not then? at all. Oh, I haven't no. thought. Of, oh, I can no. only look forward right now. I can't look back at all. It sucks. Oh, no. Maybe the end of the year. I think maybe that's I'll be able to, to reflect. I'll have to. I'll have to because I won't. Who's going to have time until that? I mean, I won't well, have time. Right. But between Christmas and New Year's, I think That's I think true. I'll take the. I think everybody will take the week off. Hopefully, mm. I don't know, Mr. Callahan. Maybe he's, he's kind of a workaholic. Maybe he wants to work those days. I hope not. But All we're right. going to find out. Is it? Is it like Scrooge and Cratchit over there? It is. No, I don't know. I come think, on, Carano. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> no, I don't, know. don't put any more coal in the fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that was going to be Please, like Jerry? Today? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what it is. I, I think he'll probably want, I just probably want to spend it with his family. I, well, I, I know how much yeah. he likes spending time with me, but yes, but uh, he probably, probably would rather spend it with his family. I would guess. I would think. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm hoping to get a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of just hanging out time here. Okay. Maybe watch some movies on my big screen. That's right. Matt got a new TV. Yes. How was the movie experience since you got a TV? Way better. Yeah, yeah. Way better. The sound bar too. I mean, it's not a super expensive one, no, but, but it makes a huge difference. Setup in there. Yeah. Huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Than a TV speaker. I'm never going back there. Maybe you'll enjoy the, the mean season. That's the next movie we got to watch. I so. am looking forward to it because we haven't seen or I haven't seen it. Right. So, um, all right. So mean season in uh, a week from today, T2. 